Welcome back to Take the Points. Adam Kramer, Marcus Mosier, and Marcus, we are talking off air. Teams, right now, as we are talking, are reporting mm -hmm. to training camp. Like, it's real, man. It is happening. So walk me through the emotional state of a Marcus Mosier. Are you nervous, energy, excited? Are the gambling juices flowing? Where are you at now as we get into uh, – well, you know the gambling juices that are flowing because I've already sent you They're multiple uh, futures bets and some parlays. So you know that part of it's already there. I I'm excited. Like, we've got actual practices coming up. We've got a preseason game in less than two weeks, which seems absolutely insane. Football is here, buddy. We got fantasy football mm -hmm. intrigue, and I'm going to need some help. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in time. Uh, we've got unfortunate part of this, of course, is injuries yes. starting up which we'll hit on here. We've got Aaron Rodgers uh, turning down the opportunity to be the mayor of Green Bay and get a golden <laughs> castle or whatever they're offering here. So things are kicking up. Uh, before we dive into that, and oh, by the way, we're going to be talking a little bit of your favorite division in the NFL, little Cowboys chatter, uh, the Washington <laughs> football team, the Giants, the Eagles, this dumpster fire of a division last year. I'm actually very excited to talk about. We'll talk about your top five players. Uh, we'll talk about some prop bets that I come up uh, came up with in storylines. And, yeah, it was a dumpster fire, Marcus, but I think there's a, a lot of oh, intrigue yeah. in this division, too. This is, like, the most fun I've had previewing before a pod in looking at these teams. Yeah, this is the division with the most intrigue every year, right? It's the Dallas Cowboys. It's the New York Giants. I mean, it's all these really old, great rivalries. But it's been pretty awful the last couple of years. Like, the, the games have not been great. The teams have not been very good. But we still love them. I can't wait to dive in. All right, and a reminder, guys, now is the time to subscribe to the pod, to be listening to the pod. We're going through division by division, but soon we're going to be picking actual games. You know we're betting the preseason. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, Marcus, we're going to devote, like, I don't know how much, as much time as yep. it takes to break down preseason slates. So check us out, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you catch your podcasts. Share, subscribe, do all those things. Spam your family, your dog. I don't care. We, we want you to be a part of this. Also today, special offer from, uh, from BetMGM. New customers in legalized betting states. Thankfully, I live in one of them. Receive a free bet up to $600 with the code TheGameDay. Again, that code is TheGameDay. All one word, at BetMGM, for listeners in legal betting states. All right, Marcus, with that, our favorite segment, or one of our favorite segments, fill in the blank. And it's juicy. Even though we're going to be talking – uh, divisionally, this is a, a bit of a national focus. I mentioned the injuries, Cam Akers, torn Achilles. Mm -hmm. This sucks on a variety of fronts. A, I, I love this kid in college, and he really never got a fair shake because Florida State was a dumpster yep. fire with him. Um, and, and so that's a bummer, and I think it's a huge bummer, obviously, for uh, the Rams, a team that we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, but I'll ask you just generally. Preseason injuries are the blank. worst uh, because we're so excited to see these guys play. And, and somebody like Cam Akers, we didn't even get to see him take a single snap in training camp. And now the Rams are left, you know, kind of scrambling, trying to fill that spot. It's just awful. I feel terrible for the Rams. I feel ter terrible for Cam Akers. It's no good. I, I'm not even going to fill in the blank because I can't tell you how – strongly opposed I am awful. to I love football okay I love football but this is the tug of war whether you cover it whether you're a fan the sport is brutal and when you have an Achilles injury I don't know how we didn't obviously mm -hmm. see it but you assume some sort of non-contact like movement drill and then boom 
season is over. Uh, I mentioned how bummed I am for Acres, but this is the part as we get into this, Marcus, it's just such a huge part of the year. Um, last year, which was so disrupted injuries, obviously yep. soft tissue things were a big deal. I'm always curious in terms of what it will look like this year. I just hope we know they're coming. I just hope it's a, a, just a watered down version of what we dealt last year because it felt like bam, bam, bam. It was one after the next. And to get one before camp even begins, of course, is a terrible a way big to one, right? Because I mean, Cam Akers, yeah. you look at all the prop bets that were out there, like his rushing total was like 1100, I believe on BetMGM. So this is somebody who a lot of people pegged as a breakout candidate. He was going in the first round of fantasy football drafts. It's just awful to lose him this early. It is. It's just brutal. And again, I guess we just got to get a no. stomach for all this stuff because we'll never get uh, used in to the it next though. couple we'll of never weeks. Get used to it. No, it, it'll begin. No, and I, I absolutely hate it. Um, Broncos fans trying to figure out who's going to be their quarterback. The Broncos say they're going to use uh, preseason games to evaluate. I don't know how much <laughs> I buy that, Marcus. I'm just saying. Um, but in general, I'll ask you, blank will win the Broncos QB battle. Yeah, I think it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. I, I, I don't buy it either, Adam, that the Broncos are going to need all three preseason games to know who their quarterback is. Like, I think they probably already know now. I mean, every report coming out of Denver, it's that the offense just gels better with Teddy Bridgewater. He's more accurate. accurate. Jerry and Judy loves him. Uh, he gets the ball out on time. He seems like he's the right kind of leader. I just don't know how you can go back to Drew Locke here in year three. I, I'm going to say that Locke wins it. Um, wait, wait, hold on. I don't feel good wins about Wins it this. or they give it to him? Because I think there's a difference. Uh, that's fair. I think he's going to have okay. to win it. Like, I, I don't think you bring in Teddy to just kind of hand him a, a clipboard. But 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 I, it's possible you can. I think your point is still fair. I think there's way more upside with Drew Locke. I mean, if you look at the highlight reel, like he's got a highlight reel and a low right reel. Uh, and both are pretty incredible, actually, in terms of great throws and terrible throws. But the upside for him is still quite high. Um, to me, I, I still think you're going to roll with him, but I think the leash is going to be really, yeah. really yeah. short, right? Like, I, I personally, I wouldn't just give up on him yet. This is what we do in the NFL. But there is some – there's something there. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you feel about Locke. Uh, clearly, you you think he's not going to win the job. So – but. I still think there's a lot of talent there. I just don't know if it could be harnessed in this environment. I think he's very talented, but I'm just not sure he's he's the right guy to be a franchise quarterback. It feels like he's been pampered a little bit his entire career in high school, college. Yes. He's been told how great he is all the time. I, I'm just not sure if he has the the work. I, I hate calling guys out for their work ethic, but I, I think it's a little bit of a problem for Drew Locke. I, I interviewed him in his last year at Mizzou for a story and I liked him, but I liked him because he was he cocky. Yes. He was I arrogant. He was, it, was, it was a good mix, but I could see, you know, the dancing on the sidelines and things. Like, it, it came, he had the right tone with mm -hmm. me, but I could understand it's how – It's a fine line, right? It's a fine line, especially when you're a quarterback trying to figure yes. things out in the NFL. Like, there's, you could do that at Mizzou when you come off a crazy, hypo, you know, 45-touchdown year. Like well, I think, that. like – this is a different Baker beast. Mayfield was struggling with that a little bit early in his career, right? Like super confident, maybe a little bit arrogant and cocky. And then not until at the second half of last year did I think he really started to, to grasp the system and play well. I'm hoping it happens for Drew Locke. I'm just not overly optimistic. I, I, I tend to agree. I think there's a chance, but 
I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to, you know, and, and by the way, we'll talk about the next factor in this, but this could change yes. pretty violently. Let's go right to it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is in the news. I wrote about this, Marcus, on, on the game day. Like, it is wild to me that the MVP is just, everybody's just kind of shrugging their shoulders. Like, I don't know. And of course, I write this on Sunday. Early in the week, we find out Aaron Rodgers turned down uh, a massive mm-hmm. deal. In fact, a beyond massive. So I ask you, Rodgers turned down the highest paid contract in the NFL because it's blank. not about the money, right? That's what he told Kenny Maine, right? It's about the people and it's about the situation. And I think it's about his fiance who probably doesn't want him living in Milwaukee uh, or Green Bay six, seven months out of the year. I think she would like to have him a little closer to the West Coast. I, I just I just don't think Rodgers wants to play in Green Bay no matter how much they pay him. I was gonna say because he's, he's done. done. Now I, I will find I, I will find this part funny. Milwaukee Bucks yeah. win yep. a title. We're fresh. We're fresh off of that. The jersey's still drenched in champagne, and the power of that. I, I don't know if there are parallels here or not, Marcus, but the timing is extraordinary. Yep. And but I don't think I. I think Aaron Rodgers is immune to that. He's immune to the noise. He's immune to a deal that probably would have paid him what fifty Close million dollars yeah. a year. Um. So he's just kind of numb. Well. I, I think and, part of it is because he's already won a championship, right? Like if he, if he hadn't won a, a Super Bowl with the Packers yet, maybe there's a little bit more incentive to stay and do that. But now sure. that he's won, he's taken this team to the NFC championship game. I don't know how many times I feel like he's, he's, he's going to think he's done enough for green Bay that he can move on and go somewhere else. I, this is a story to me that is just, it, it is wild. And somehow as big as it is, Marcus, it doesn't feel no, big enough. No. And I'm wondering when, I mean, we, we talked about like training camp is here. Teams are reporting practices will be starting next couple of weeks. It's like, it's go time. And to, to have this, these two entities as far away as mm-hmm. they are, or at least as they appear to be is it, it, it's baffling to me how bad both sides kind of have let, let this get, I guess to the original point, back to the question though, He's, he's, he's out. out. I mean, if, if, if you're, if he can say no to a hundred million dollars, there's a level of pride and a little uh, just personality wise, then you're, you, if you're green Bay, you have to figure out exactly how to maximize his value because yep. you've tried somewhat and it's, over. this will become a really, really big story when Aaron Rodgers is or isn't there for the first day of practice for the Packers, right? Like if this, this, you th- yeah, you, because you, the second that he's not there, that's what's going to be leading sports center, right? As Aaron Rodgers isn't there, where is he at? When is he going to come? That's when this turns into a monster, monster story. I'm hijacking this segment for a second because I want to okay. tap into this. He, Aaron Rodgers there or not there. What are the odds? Give me a plus minus. What are, what are the odds that he is there? Uh, and what is the favorite uh, here? I, I would like, say not there is probably like a minus 200 right now. I would, I think that's fair. Like you think he's just going to show up with his like Louis Vuitton bag and just like, Hey guys, like, Hey, you know, like I, I, I kind of wish he would do the I'm, Brandon Marshall. He'd show up to practice, just kicking footballs all over the place, throwing them out of the, you know, off the field. That's what, that's what I wish Aaron Rodgers would do to get his way. I can't wait. <laughs> Man, the NFL is such a great league. I mean, I, I am so excited. All right, and last one. We're kind of we're pivoting a little bit, moving things around. Deion Sanders at Media Day. Uh, media member called him Deion. He took offense to it, or maybe not. I don't know. This is the whole thing. But either way, he didn't like it. 
and he kind of walked off and the reporter kind of shamed the reporter, which is really stupid, by the way. So I ask you, Marcus, coaches should always be referred to as blank. Their first name. I mean, unless you are yes. a former player, I get calling a, you know, a coach, just coach. I, I get that. But if you are a media member, no, you, you're talking to them one-on-one. It, it's, it's Nick, it's Dion, especially Dion, right? Like Dion's a unique name. Like I think you don't call LeBron player or James or Mr. James. You call him LeBron. Same with Dion. I just, it, it's not a big deal. And Dion overreacted. It's a, it's a power trip for him for whatever reason. And it just doesn't make sense. It, it, all right. I've got strong feelings on this. If you are not a former player, if this is not your coach or ever was your mm-hmm. coach and you call him coach, that's it weird. Is weird. Yes. Okay. That's, that's weird. You are not, you don't have cleats on. You don't have a helmet yes. on. He is Nick. He's Saban. never been your you don't coach. Call him Mr. Yes. Saban. You don't call him, you know, coach Belichick. He is bill. <clears throat> he yes. is Nick. They asked Nick Saban about this, and he said, I've been called a lot. I don't really care. I don't know if that's true, by the way. I'm just saying. I know Nick Saban a little bit. I don't know about that. But I've interviewed Nick Saban like dozens of times over the years. He has always been Nick. It's not a level of disrespect. It is a level of me respecting myself, of just talking to them like another human being, unlike Mr. President. Uh, Super weird weird. from Dion. I I get that it's Dion. But I, and, and I get that he's kind of a fish out of water trying to figure this thing out, Marcus. I just, I found the whole thing. Well, doesn't this just kind of go with the way Dion is? Like, it's all about Dion, right? Like, why not? If you yes. didn't like it, like, tell him after the, the press conferences on, hey, I'd like to be referred to as coach or whatever. And then talk about it then. But getting up and then making a big deal about it on social media is just peak Dion. And I love Dion. Dion's my guy. I saw people arguing that this is like, and I like Dion too, man. He, he's electric. And one of the most unique athletes um, we've ever seen. But like you, people arguing that this is good publicity for a team that needs publicity, like, no, this is just dumb. dumb. And this is not going to appeal to anybody. It's, it's, it's strange more than anything. Honestly, I, I've never heard of this from anybody else, but I can tell you, if you coach call a someone coach in a press conference, you're going to get a group of people that just kind of tilt their head. Like, okay, buddy, what are you D end? (laughs) Like, come on. I'm sorry. I got to move on because I'm going to get mad. I I don't get it. All right. Let's move on to a brighter topic, the NFC East, which, okay. Marcus, we, we had some fun. You and I last year, middle of the year, we jumped in, we did this pod and lo and behold, the NFC East was a bleep show. It was bad. (laughs) It was the Eagles games. Like we had some great, Uh, good times at the expense of a division that was just stepping all over itself. So if we talk about storylines, I think we have to start there. It it was embarrassing what happened last year. I guess my biggest, my biggest initial takeaway is will this year be different? Will you have a team or teams that assert themselves as not just being teams that have to go to the playoffs, but teams that actually are, are convincing enough with their performance that we say, yes, this team deserves to be in. Maybe. And I actually feel like there's only one team that could do that. And I think it's the Cowboys. And it's not because, again, I'm biased because I got a Cowboy. Whatever. <laughs> no, Whatever. I mean, this is a team, if they reach their potential, can be a contender in the NFC. Not a Super Bowl contender, but a, a very good team. I just think, like, Washington, I think they're going to be competent, but I feel like their ceiling is a little bit capped with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I feel like the Giants and the Eagles are still a year away. But the Cowboys, if things – go correctly, I do think they could be a 10 or 11 win team. 
Okay. So let's go quickly team by team before we dive into your mm-hmm. top five players for the Cowboys. The storyline has to Dak. be Dak. Yep. paid, healthy, explosive, Looking at the numbers last year, Marcus, it was pretty striking, actually, as a reminder of just how good he was playing before he got hurt. You are plugged in to this um, mm-hmm. team. This is – I mean, you're wearing the damn shirt. <laughs> um, I like, by the way, you removing yourself. From yeah, the yeah. Oh, I'm just want to – but people to know. Like, I, I, I'm I, not a homer. Enough. I'm just a, a, a fan, right? Just No, no, but your level of knowledge for this team is probably higher than any knowledge you have sure. across. So – what, do you, what have you heard about Dak and just the general state of him entering the year? So first and foremost, Dak has been really good in the last 16 games that he's played. Over 5,200 yards and 34 touchdowns. Like those are, those are MVP numbers, right? Ridiculous. And I think this offense has a chance to be even better with the three receivers they have, the offensive line. He's healthy. I, again, I, I think he has the potential to be an MVP player this year. I, I, there's just so many other concerns about this team that have me worried, but Dak himself, not worried at all. All right. So you have a team that seemingly is constructed offense mm-hmm. points, receivers, targets, whatever. Let's go to the opposite side of the division, which is Washington, right? Um, I, I like this team a bit. I look, you mentioned Fitzmagic. Yeah. What about our guy Heineke? I mean, he looked good. <laughs> I don't but want he to was, overreact. He was fine in the playoff game. He really was. But Ken, I guess my other, you know, takeaway or, or storyline would be this defense looks like it's going to be the best in the NFL mm-hmm. again. And Chase Young looks like he's going to be a superstar. I'll talk about that in a little bit when it comes to player props. I, if they could manufacture a little offense, they've got some pretty decent weapons on offense now, not like over the top. We're not going to confuse them with some mm-hmm. of the other offensively charged. Very teams, confident. Like, very, very confident. If you could get some stability at quarterback and, and manufacture some points, I guess my storyline would be, is that defense good enough to just carry them? I think it's good enough to carry them to about eight or nine wins, but anything more than that is going to be a struggle. Like I really like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's fun. Fitz magic, the beard, all of it. But Adam, there's a reason why he keeps getting benched halfway through all these seasons is because once we get to week eight and week nine, his arm just kind of dies, right? He's 39 years old. Um, he's never had a strong arm, and I think his legs just get tired. So I think Washington is one of these teams that they're going to be in every single game because of their defense. I just don't necessarily trust the quarterback to, to win a lot of these 50-50 games. All right, let's move. Um, speaking of trusting the quarterback to the Eagles, uh, Look, I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts. I want him to do well. The, the Carson Wentz thing being behind this team, I think, is really good for everybody. New coach, new everything. I don't necessarily feel like the concoction is right, yep. Yep. <laughs> Marcus, for this to go well. But I do think if you're looking at the Eagles, unsurprisingly, you have to start with Jalen Hurts, no? Yeah, I think so. I, friend, of the, uh, friend of my family, Nick Sirianni, the new head coach there in Philadelphia. That's right. Uh, Give us a scoop. It's it's going to be a rebuild. Like, this is a rough roster. It's really old in some spots. They're really young at receiver. I don't think the franchise has any idea whether Jalen Hurts is the answer or not. And I, <laughs> I don't even know if they're really building an offense around Jalen Hurts because it's going to take – I mean, you basically would have to build a Lamar Jackson-like offense to have him, you know, survive and thrive. And I don't think the Eagles want to waste a year trying to do that and changing everybody else around them. So uh, this Eagles team is not going to be very good this year. Five, six wins at most. I, I fully expect them to finish at the bottom of the NFC East. I think, uh, I think 
Hertz showed uh, some positives. Mm-hmm. Protecting the ball early on was good. Uh, I thought he made some more plays than we thought he might. And then I think teams started to figure him out. Like it's, it was like a light switch where it was like, okay, we could defend this. I, I want him to I do well. That, yep. I just don't see it going all that well. And I think, again, matchup-wise, we talked about a team with great offense, team with great defense. I don't think either is a good matchup for the Eagles no. because there's nothing about them that stands out other than, hey, they have a Heisman winning wide receiver who should be really good. But will he be good? Will he get the support to be good right away? The answer, I think, to that is, is probably not. No, probably not. Um, okay, but the Giants. Yeah. So this is an interesting one. I think to me, Marcus, the storyline has got, well, two. A, larger scope is what's this offense going to look like? Saquon is back-ish, a little worried because it's like, well, he's cleared, but he's not. So mm-hmm. I think that's some, something to follow. And then obviously adding Galladay and adding some pieces, Tony, um, there's a, there's a, I won't say a lot to like, but there, I think if you're a Giants fan, you got to feel pretty good about what you did this offseason. And if Saquon is healthy, obviously that, that changes your fortunes tremendously. Yeah, I think there's a – actually, I know of a couple big betters who really like the Giants to win this NFC East because they're very similar to Washington in that the defense should be really good. Like, that defensive line is outstanding. They added two yep. big playmakers in Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Toney. They're getting Saquon Barkley back, and now we're entering year three of the Daniel Jones experience. He did get better last year, but can he make a leap? We'll see. I – I kind of think this team has a little bit higher of a ceiling than Washington, just because I think I feel better about the potential of Daniel Jones, but man, that offensive line has me really, really nervous. I think it's one of the worst in football and you know, Adam, I, I just don't like betting on teams with bad offensive lines and, and Jason Garrett. So it's kind of a two, two, you know, two things that I don't want to bet for uh, on the formula. Yeah. The formula to develop your young quarterback is to, and we're seeing this with the jets. Well, they screwed it up. And now yes, they're, they're trying to yep. not fake, do the same thing, which is surround your quarterback with talent, not just at wide receiver, which I think the Giants have actually yes, done have. a really good job with. You look at Ingram, I, I think they're a matchup problem. But I do worry about it. Thomas, their early pick was really bad and then played mm-hmm. a little bit better on the O-line. I don't know what we're going to get with him. I don't know if you have a strong take on that. But I'm, that's the part of this is you can't have Daniel Jones – being clocked at 21 miles an hour in the open field anymore. That is, that's yep. cute. And it's a fun graphic. That's not conducive to being a, a prolonged solid football. Team. Yeah. And I think the giants want to play this slow pace offense, you know, where they run the ball first, use a lot of play action, but if the offensive line isn't good, it's not going to help Saquon Barkley. It's not going to help Daniel Jones. So I mean, if the offensive line gels and Thomas and Nate Solder who opted out last year, they both, you know, take a step forward and play better. Maybe we see this Giants team make a leap, but I'm not overly optimistic. All right, let's move into your top five players. So if you're just catching up, we're doing this for every division. Um, You are also releasing a separate video, kind of explaining this a little bit more in depth. But let's go through your top five. Uh, We change it up every week just because we kind of stumble into this thing. You want to go one through five? You want to go five through one? Because I think one – is not controversial at all. It's Dak Prescott. We, we've already talked about No, it's the – you're wearing the shirt. You're right. Like, you've he's the best out. quarterback in the division. He's a legit MVP candidate this year. I, he's number one. The rest of this division kind of lacks star power, but what they make up for it is in just really, really good offensive linemen. Zach Martin at number two has six Pro Bowls already. Uh, he was named to the All-Decade team in 2010, which is pretty incredible. Uh, I, I think he's maybe the best offensive lineman in football. 
Uh, at three, uh, Fletcher Cox. He's been one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. Yep. But we don't talk about him because Aaron Donald is this at the same time. Uh, I think he, I think he's just unbelievable. Chase Young at four. I don't know about you, Adam, but I think of all those defensive ends that have come out of Ohio State. You know, the two Boses. I think, I think he has a chance to be the best of all of them. Like he is just a unique and special, special player. So projecting forward a little bit, but I, I love Chase Young. And then at number five, another offensive lineman, Tyron Smith. Uh, he, he's been around for a decade now. He's dominant. He's, I think, the best left tackle in football when he's healthy. Hasn't been healthy over the last couple of years, but I expect him to, to dominate again this year. All right. So I always have questions sure. on these, and I like to dissect it. I, I agree with your list. There's not a lot of skill position action going on here, right? Um, what would be if, – if Saquon is healthy – and I, we haven't really talked much mm-hmm. about Saquon, but like, would he fall in? Does he have a possibility to fall into a top five because of all the different things he can do? Again, it's it's probably an unfair question to you because if healthy, yes. coming off a major surgery, we're not exactly sure what he's going to look like. But old Saquon, would he be in the mix? On I this? think so. The problem is we haven't really seen old Saquon since 2018, which is his rookie season. Because yeah. 2019, he dealt with a high ankle injury, really affected his efficiency. And then basically last year, we basically didn't see him after it was a week two or three that he had the torn ACL. So it's been a while since we've seen healthy Saquon, but I agree. He certainly has a talent to be in the top five. All right. And then I want to lean into the Cowboys homerism <laughs> a little bit. I'm sorry. Cowboys expertise. Yes. Vargas, I think CD Lamb can be on this list at some point. Uh, I, I, I know it's early. He's going to share targets. But I, I loved him in college. I thought it was a perfect fit. I think in this offense, if, if Dak stays healthy, he's going to become the guy at some point, probably soon. Where, where could someone and, – and, and he shouldn't be on there now. But where does someone like CC potentially eventually fall? I, I thought about putting him in the top five, projecting forward again like Chase Young. But I think he's the best wide receiver prospect we've had come out since – Amari Cooper in 2015, who, oh yeah, happens to be a Dallas Cowboy as well. But uh, CeeDee Lamb is phenomenal. I think he was really good last year. He had over 1,000 total yards and seven touchdowns. And that's with four different quarterbacks throwing him the ball. I think a 1,200-yard season in 17 games with double-digit touchdowns. It's not all that hard to to envision. I said CC. I I realized because I'm thinking about pizza (laughs) – and uh, I'm going to be Marcus on my own this weekend with my three kids. Same, Daddy, same. My wife yep. is going out of town. So there's going to be a lot of microwave uh, or, or oven pizzas this week. And it's going to be <laughs> nutrition is out the window. So my brain is elsewhere. No, but I'm a huge fan of him. I, I think he has a chance to be super duper star. To, yeah. to, to, br- to, to bridge into fantasy football for a second, like he has a chance to be an absolute monster. Like, Yes. Can I plug something really quickly Uh, at the game day? You can go look at my dynasty football rankings, which is just fantasy football leagues that basically keep on going. They don't stop. You play them every single year. I have him as my third highest rated receiver right now in dynasty. So obviously, yeah, I think he's going to be fantastic for the next decade. Can I ask now I've got, I'm curious, who's, who are you one and two? Uh, It's AJ Brown and Tyreek Hill. So AJ Brown still very young in an offense that hasn't just kind of put up monster numbers and Tyreek Hill because he's attached to Patrick Mahomes for the next half decade. That seems fair. Um, That seems completely reasonable. All right. Anybody else that you left out? I always like to talk about this, that maybe you felt guilty leaving. Yeah. 
or names that that warrant at least a like an asterisk as like, hey, I acknowledge them. Don't get too mad at me. Yeah, again, it's not a sexy name, but Brandon Sheriff, a guard for the Washington football team. I think he's just very, very underrated, very good. Got a, a big deal this offseason. Uh, I think he's inching closer to being as good as Zach Martin. I believe I put him at number six. You could easily convince me that he should be at four or five. Interesting, too. It's a popular name amongst like NFL circles of a guy that, you know, People have had their yes. eye on in terms of his future. Where will he be? It would be a Just huge addition plus Iowa yep. guy. Yeah, get get my homerism on. Enough homer talk for you. Get my Iowa <laughs> homer talk in there as well. Uh, okay, I'll go into my props. You, I have been betting these, Good. by the way. So what I'm doing, so we've got a prop for each team. And I like to get you as my sanity check and been doing some research on these. And some of these are obvious. Some of them are less but strategizing and also trying to figure out again, how that extra game impacts it. So I will honestly say that your tweet about Dak Prescott's stats and year prompted me on this first one to pounce, which is Dak Prescott regular season passing yards over uh, 4,795. That is a big number. We've been talking about Zach Wilson and some of the others that are in the three thousands. And um, I'm not scared of it, Marcus. Like I, I, I'm look injury. I'm scared of the NFL doing the NFL. I'm not scared of Dak's injury history. Mm-hmm. I just think if he's healthy, and I know you've said this with their defense, the fact that they're going to have to score. I think that is what 280 yards a game. Like, man, he's going to throw for 400 probably in a quarter of their games yeah. this season. Like, I think that's a real possibility. So last year in the first five games of the season, even when he left early against the Giants, he was on pace for almost 6,000 passing yards in 16 games. So to go over 4,700 in 17 games, I think is, I think it's a lot. I, I even think if he misses two or three games, I still think you're going over there. I, I just don't see how he doesn't average 300 plus yards a game especially when you consider this defense might be the worst in football. 373 yards a game he was averaging before he got hurt. I mean, that's, it's insane. And he needs to average basically a hundred yards less than that. The offense is going to get better. I think the team will be better and they're going to have like a big 12 in type feel to them where they're going to have to score all of that conducive for big numbers. Yeah, They're, they're going to walk um, into games knowing they need 35 to win. Like there's just no other way around it. So yeah, they're going to be aggressive. I like, I like all of his, I like yes. all of his totals. I, I could, I was, I could go touchdowns. I mean, honestly, I, I think he'll be over on everything. And I, I just think the way perception has evolved on him over it's the incredible. last year and a half wanting it, it's, it's nuts. It is. And I think he'll back that up. Speaking of overs, Chase Young, over uh, eight and a half sacks. I think this is another bad line. I think he's going to cruise. A little slow out of the gate last year, Marcus, but was getting pressures, was like one of the highest, if not the highest uh, rated um, run defender or sack guy in the Mm -hmm. red zone, was a monster in the red zone. Their defensive line is great. He's going to continue to get opportunities. You compared him with the Bosa's or at least kind of grouped him together. I think physically he's better yep. than them. I, I think you're looking at a sack season where he could go double that. I, I think he is a future star. I think he's going to be the best pass rusher potentially in the NFL. Like I'm, I'm all in on Chase Young. So eight and a half when he had seven yep. and a half last yep. year, I think he's going to crush yeah, that. Not only do I love that. I, I Now I'm curious, what are the odds for him to lead the NFL in sacks? Because I agree. I think 16, 17 sacks for him is not out of the equation at all because 
not only is he really athletic and very powerful, he plays so hard. Like he's going to get three or four sacks yeah. a season just based off his hustle. So over eight and a half, that's easy, easy, easy money. He, I, I think he's, he came in as a huge recruit and in college got by because he's of his motor and because he was so much like more athletic <laughs> yep. than everybody. And I think like that probably will take some getting used to, but technique is there. He just will be more consistent. Again, I, I, I mean, this number, he will have a three or four sack game this year. You will cut off like half the total in a game with Chase. Oh, easily, easily. And look at, look, look, I mean, you've got the Cowboys, the offensive line. I mean, interior certainly, um, but you know, Eagles, the and Giants, the Giants, Giants being the questions. Giants had a game last year where they gave up six sacks to one player in a game to Hassan Reddick. So yeah, I think I think multi-sack games are going to be very very common for Chase Young in the division. All right, I'm going to move to the Giants. I'm playing. I feel a little nervous about this after talking about how crappy the offensive line is, but I still think strategy-wise, they're going to want to do this. I'm going to go Daniel Jones under 400 and a half regular season rushing yards. I think for him to mature and grow and, and for you to figure out, and, you know, not you, yep. but yep. us, I guess, sure. But for them to figure out what the heck he is, you've got to turn him into a passing quarterback. You've got to let him throw to Galladay. You've added Tony. You've got, in theory, Saquon mm-hmm. back. We hope he should not be running for his life anymore. They do not want him running 20 miles an hour, which is still kind of amazing <laughs> in the middle of a football field. So I'm going under, and we did this with Josh yep, Allen for similar that. reasons. Yep. I, same thing. I don't feel as – it's the same strategy. I don't feel about, as good about it as the Josh Allen one, but I still think philosophically they have to do this to figure him and out. And the other thing I want to point out is Jason Garrett has pretty historically been one of the slowest offensive coordinators in the league. Basically, the tempo and the pace that the Giants are going to play at is going to be slow. They're not going to run 75, 80 plays a game like the Chiefs or the Cowboys. They want to play a ball control style of offense, which means Daniel Jones just isn't going to have that many rushing attempts. So I like that call for you, especially if Saquon is healthy. All right. My last one is painful, mm. right? I, I, it's, this is a guy that I love, Devonta Smith. I went over on Jalen Waddell receiving yards for Miami. I'm going to go under receiving yards for Devonta Smith, 775 and a half. I just, we talked about the Eagles, Marcus. I don't really have to dive too much into this. I think if you're, if you're going to cover them, this is the guy that you target. uh, And that's that. I think he will eventually star in the NFL. I don't think it's this year. I love the player. I love the pick. I just think they're going to need support around him for him to thrive. Probably a low volume passing offense that has other weapons, right? Dallas Goddard. They drafted Jalen Rager last year. Miles Sanders is a good receiver out of the backfield. I just don't see Devontae Smith being the leading guy in this offense right now, maybe in 2022 or beyond, but I agree. I think that's a good call. I I also think too, and I, I hate this because you know, his size is not necessarily going to be a problem for him, but he's mm-hmm. small and, and so if you're an NFL team, you're going to press him most likely. Good yep. luck. But I feel like the Eagles are going to have to figure out the best way to maximize him. Like, he could do whatever he wanted at Alabama because they're, they're largely going up against smaller mm-hmm. corners, whatever, defenses that you, you don't know how to deal with that. This is a little bit of a different beast, it's right? It's going to take Where him some time. 170 to, yeah. pounds. Yeah, 
So, so I think he's going to have to feel it out. But all right, so, so are you in? You're in on this I am. Props? I like all of these. There's I mean, none of these that I, I, I think are even all that risky. I, I think these are four good ones. I, I love just stacking up, and I've been doing this. Like I'm going to head over afterwards. I got these from DraftKings. Boom, boom, boom. I'm going to have, like, the way you've been in fantasy football leagues, it's the way my player props are going to be this year, man. It's going to be like a, a scroll of player we, props that, like, head out my door. We need you to put them all on, like, one, you know, piece of paper or one doc and then just tweet them out for the masses to, so we can, we can follow them all season long. Well, so it's funny you mentioned that because I, in my game, my weekly column, I started stacking them up and I'm going to continue to add. I did this with, um, you know, just various futures for things because I want to compile them and we're going to have, I mean, we'll have 32, uh, one for team, but that's not no. all. I mean, I, I've got other ones that I'm not using just because, oh man, I can't use this team. I use them already. So <laughs> we'll we have will, a lot of them. We will continue. Um, all right. So then just to tie this up, moving to now betting the division, right? How how do here are the here are the odds we've got win totals we've got odds you got the Cowboys at uh, plus one twenty and nine and a half wins you've got Washington football team plus two sixty and eight and a half the Giants plus four hundred and seven and the Eagles plus five hundred at six and a half odds to make the playoffs Cowboys minus one fifty five Washington plus one fifty Giants plus two hundred Eagles plus two eighty five so what do you do with that. I think the Cowboys should win the division, right? I mean, they, they have the best quarterback in the division. They have the best offense. Obviously, the defense is a concern. But I do think 10 wins feels about right. Washington has a tough schedule. They're, they have the first-place schedule. We talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick, how he typically fades down the stretch. I don't think this is going to be a division that's decided early. I think it's going to come down to the last couple of weeks. But, man, the Cowboys at, at plus odds, I do feel like is a bit of a value – and again, I know I feel like a homer, but I'm, I, I'm not. It's just uh, on paper, this should be the team that wins the division. And I think it would be a massive disappointment if they don't. I I agree with all of that. It's just still funny. I'm looking at your <laughs> shirt and it just makes me – I'm sorry. No, but I, I agree. I still – I'd still be tempted to dabble with the, uh, the win total for Washington. I agree. Eight and a half. It's a good number, but I just – I'm not – and I'm not bullish on them to win 12 games – but I think they could get to 10. And again, extra game in there is huge on that. I, the more that we talk through this, the Giants at plus 400 have probably the most intriguing mm-hmm. value. And I don't know if I'm ready to pull the trigger because I think your concerns as outlined are very real. But I also think that there's a possibility by week three or four that that number has been like you know, that they maybe have got plus 120 Cowboys-like odds on that. Like, there's also a chance, by the way, by week five that that's plus 900. So I'm, I'm, that's probably the team that I struggle most with. I want no part of the Eagles on any of this, by the way. I think the Giants are the one for me that I'm, I'm really trying to figure out exactly where they should fit in this. So hierarchy. I would say this about the Giants. This is probably – I think you're right. This is probably the best time to get them because their first three games are pretty easy. They open with the Broncos. Yep. They'll play Washington, and then they'll host Atlanta. Like, I don't think it's all that unreasonable for them to go 3-0 and to start the season, but then it gets really tough with games against the Saints, Cowboys, Rams, Chiefs. So uh, they have the Buccaneers a couple games later. So at plus 400 now – it's probably the way to go because I wouldn't be surprised by the end of September if it's at plus 175. Now, let me play my own devil's advocate, which is always a good thing to do <laughs> on a podcast, is contradict myself. Uh, nine and a half for the Cowboys, plus 120. 
a healthy mm-hmm. Dak, again, I'll go back to you. Is the defense going to be so bad? Because if Dak is healthy, I'm like, you know, okay, you, you can big 12 this thing and just kind of, you know, no team in this can even compete offensively, most likely, unless the Giants can protect yes. uh, Daniel Jones and all of a sudden like, wow, they've got these receivers and things look great and Saquon is back. I don't see it otherwise. So is it a possibility that Dallas is just going to overwhelm this division? Because it feels like that's a possibility also. Again, I think they're the only team that has the potential to win this division by three games, right? Like if if there's one team that wins 12 games this year, it's probably Dallas. I don't see any other team doing it. So I do think there's that slight chance. But again, I don't see it. I I just think this defense is going to be so bad that we're going to have – they're going to be the most fun red zone zone team because at 4 p.m. Eastern time – they're going to be, you know, down by 14 with two minutes left, and all of a sudden it's a tie game. They're just going to be a lot of fun that way. All right, so you kind of lean towards any Dallas futures. I'm leaning slightly toward maybe doing a little bit of both, getting the Washington win total and betting the, and Dallas. I, I, this is not a division I'm going to take my no, stand on. No. I can tell you This that. isn't one that you want to put a lot of your uh, bankroll in. <laughs> Choose a different one. Go to college football. Uh, do some of those ones instead. Oh, that sounds like a segue <laughs> as we as we venture into our I, I, I appreciate it. Let's talk futures before we wrap it up. First and foremost, congrats to you. I know you had mm-hmm. the Bucks and you've been pretty on with your NBA picks, it seems yeah. like, right? I mean you had a good good close uh, of the year. I had Bucks at six to one to win the NBA championship when the uh, the playoffs started. Got real nervous there a couple of different times, especially when I thought Giannis snapped his uh his knee, but just what an incredible uh final series that we had like those games were all really good congratulations to the milwaukee bucks and how can you not love Giannis? like that guy is so much fun to root for oh my god before we, we did the podcast i was watching him pull up to chick-fil-a and order 50 uh nuggets so uh what a great player what a great season and uh i, I just really really enjoyed watching the bucks this year what a game what a dude what an athlete like i i mean this feels like where he's going to become, well, he's probably already there, but like one of the faces of yes. sports around the universe. I just feel like he is just this, he's like a giant toddler. And I mean this in the best possible way that is also superhuman at basketball. His answers to questions have been insightful. He seems genuinely. Is he the most likable player in, in sports right now? I, I, I think he is. I, you know, uh, Marin Fader, who I, I worked with that, um, Bleacher Report is writing mm-hmm. a book. Talk about a great time for a book to come out in August. Um, and I know even in talking to her, she was overwhelmed just by the stories and everything surrounding Yana. So I just think that was an incredibly cool moment. And also you made some money. So, so <laughs> good work there. Now, I want to talk about this bet you sent me over Twitter. I love that we're just kind of communicating <laughs> openly with just kind of open betting over Twitter. But that's yeah. great. We'll get people involved. Take us through the bet. Yeah, so I, I'm trying to remember what it was off the top of my head, but I believe it was Georgia to win the SEC. You, you had Georgia. You had and the, then Rams. the Titans to win the division, yeah. and the payout is pretty incredible, if I remember. It, it was, uh, I believe it was 16 to 1. Yeah. Was it not? Or something yeah, along those lines? I think it's 16 lines. or 17 to 1, which is pretty good. So uh, let me frame it to you, Adam. All these three bets, you know, Georgia to win, uh, Tennessee, and the Rams, which one do you feel the least good about? 
Um, probably the Titans, but I still feel good about all yeah. of this. I think when you sent this, I, I did go bet it, by the way. <laughs> good. Uh, when you sent this, well, I'll say this. I'll say the, let me, let me revert back. I love Georgia okay. this year. I am falling as a college football, um, someone that I, I just, I've followed this forever, Georgia, Georgia's. And so the chances are they're going to be the team that disappoints me. And yet I look at their entire roster and this is the most talented team that they've probably yep. ever had. And if they don't win this, the SEC, and, and honestly, the national championship, something will have gone wrong. Of course, they start with Clemson, so we'll get a very good barometer very early. The rest um, of the schedule is not bad, though. Like, after that Clemson game, it's pretty easy the rest of the way. It is. No, it is. I think the Titans are very, very interesting. And I think the Rams, you and I have proclaimed, like, we, we love that team. Of course, an injury out of the gates, I mean, at that position doesn't necessarily move the beetle for me too much, but I, I really like this bet. I am a big supporter of this so much so that I put it in myself. I'm not, I'm not letting you ride on this thing and enjoy 17 to one so, without me. I'm, I'm coaching. So is this, is this the official, the game day, the take the points bet, like our, our three team parlay of the year? Like, cause I think this is the one that would be a lot of fun to, to follow all year long. I think this is the first of probably many, <laughs> um, but yes, yes. I, I, I think we need to keep, that's what we need to be doing, Marcus. We did that during yeah, the season yeah. where we have a parlay of our games that we like. What we'll do now is as we get into both college and the NFL, every week we should just throw another one out. I like it. Player props, what, whatever. So we will be pre- – we're previewing all this stuff. Let me – let's talk a little college okay, football. Okay, let's futures, do it. Because this is where my mind is right now. Let's focus on national championship this week. I have Heisman thoughts, but national championship. I do like Georgia. Um, I do like Georgia, what, six to one on DraftKings now. Of course, winner without Illinois colleges is just hilarious because for some reason <laughs> you can't bet on Illinois and Illinois, which is uh, – never doesn't mind. matter anyways. Are there, any other, are there any other teams in college that you're intrigued by? <sighs> I, I mean, I think Oklahoma it has to be somebody we mentioned, right? I believe they're eight to one or plus 820 depending on the website. But yep, they – I think they're going to have the national or the uh, the Heisman winner this year in Spencer Rattler. That offense should be very good, and I think the defense should be better than it has been over the last couple of years. I I think they're locked to win the Big Twelve this year. And again, if you have the best quarterback in the nation, you're going to have a great chance. And with Alabama having basically a new quarter, they're going to have a new quarterback. Ohio State has a new quarterback. Georgia has a new quarterback. I kind of like Oklahoma. I'm going to give you three teams. I do too, by the way. I have them making the playoff and kind of carving out my playoff. But I've got three teams down the board a bit that I like. Texas Texas A&M at plus 3,500. I like Georgia. We go to the other side of the conference. Alabama loses a ton, man. I love Mm -hmm. Bryce Young. The fact that he's making a million dollars (laughs) in in NIL stuff, wonderful. A&M, without Kellen Mond, this roster has been really recruiting. They've got some awesome pieces. They return quite a bit. Jimbo has them rolling. Mm-hmm. I think A&M at 35 to one is interesting. I know you and I talked about this before we came on USC. We're a little sheepish about it. Like 40 to one on USC. I look at that schedule. There is no reason they shouldn't win almost all of no, their Slovis is great as, quarterback. As Slovis, I think is going to play really yeah. well this year. They've got great weapons. They've recruited well. Uh, Foreman uh, defensive lineman is going to start mm-hmm. right away. Like, they had a good year last year. I know it was like a broken college football season, but look at those games. They, they had to skate through some of them, but I think they could be really, really tough. And the last one it, it is another kind of sheepish one, but it's Texas okay. at 50-1. to one. I'm a huge believer in Sark. 
I think that in the Red River shootout, we'll call it the shootout, it's not yeah, the rivalry. Yeah. Like he is the one guy that could maybe counter um, Lincoln in, in Oklahoma. That's like play callers du jour mm -hmm. right there is Oklahoma, Texas. They've recruited okay. They have a dynamic running back in Bijan Robinson, who I love. I think ultimately if they could score enough points and if they could settle on their quarterback, and I think they have some options, I mean, 50 to one on Texas in that division. I don't know. I think it, I I think like it has it. a chance. I'll to be give alive. you one more. I, I, they're probably not going to do much, but I kind of like Miami this year. De'Aaron King comes back for what, like the sixth year coming back into college football. I know, yes. I know he's coming back from a torn ACL. Uh, they got Charleston Rambo, a really good receiver transfer from Oklahoma. Manny Diaz going into his third year. Typically this is when we see teams take a leap. I, there's just something about this Miami team that I like now. They open the season with Alabama, and that's that's a rough, rough start. But the rest of the schedule is not too bad. I could easily see them winning the ACC. You know, and, and opening the season with Alabama is not going to hurt them. No, I mean, no, you're better Alabama playing them early than actually later. hurt yeah. them. Exactly. So, so it'll be an 18-and-a-half-point game. If they're remotely close, they'll be viewed as a win for the playoff committee, the way this thing happens. And with the ACC, look, outside of Clemson, this is yeah. wide open. Yeah. You can look at UNC and Howell, but he loses a oh, ton. Two receivers, um, two running backs, a whole bunch of guys in the offensive I, line. Yep. So I think that if they can get hot – and look, Miami lost some really good players too, a couple of really good uh, guys that mm -hmm. you liked also. But I still love, like what they have. And if D.R. King is healthy, I mean, he the dude was doing it last year, 450 total yards. Like it's just the value bet at 50-1, like, right? Like Because they're, they're going to be very absolutely. good. There's no doubt about that. And their and their conference yes. stinks, with the exception of Clemson. So they got a chance. Um, okay, anything else future wise? You got your eyes on. We we've got we're like running out of sports to watch here before football. Football is starting though. So anything else? We got a little UFC yeah. this weekend. I know we got some stuff. To How about twenty twenty two NBA championship odds? They just came out yesterday night or last night. Uh, Brooklyn Nets are actually the favorites, and then the Los Angeles Lakers. How about the Bucks to repeat at six to one? I'm just throwing that back out there. I. This Bucks team, it's going to be the same roster we saw last uh, last year. DiVincenzo, uh, a guard that they really needed, is coming back. Yeah. It's, it's just a really, really solid team with an absolute superstar. So, still some value on the Bucks there. Wow. I and plus, you just got paid. Mm -hmm. You can reinvest some of that back into the futures market, yeah. right? Like a good investor. I might just put it all right are. back in there. <laughs> Oh, I, I like it. Uh, yes, a little NBA futures bet. But I'm looking forward to this segment. We've got some UFC pay-per-views coming up. We've got – and, again, we're going to really sink into NFL and college futures. Next week I want to talk Heisman with you. I want to talk – well, we'll obviously we're going to cover the NFL uh, front and back in terms of betting, but we'll dive into that as we go. Uh, so a reminder, guys, um, subscribe. Check us out, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Spam your friends. Spam everyone you know preseason betting is like what like two weeks Less away two weeks. yeah like exciting oh my gosh we're gonna have football that we can wager on with fans it's gonna be a, a a beautiful thing and just one last reminder to special welcome uh from bet mgm new customers in legalized betting states receive a free bet up to 600 with the code the game day again that's code the game day all one word at bet mgm for our listeners in legal betting states we will tackle another division next week we will talk college futures which i absolutely love to do for adam kramer marcus Moser. we will talk to you very very soon